From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. So, collectively as a nation, we are still grieving and the trauma and the grief is not done yet. So, my assumption would be a lot of people are not even processing what's happening this is the stage where we are fighting a logistical battle so when you're fighting a logistical battle you don't have time to grieve in a time like this when there's utter chaos and i think adults themselves are grappling with the the fears the anxieties the uncertainties of our times uh, then oftentimes children and uh, what is happening in their inner world particularly uh, that is not noticed so um Uh, yes the second wave has had its uh, own impact over on top of what the children were facing already because you know for the children whether they were going to school or colleges there has been a complete shutdown at a time when adults are dealing with illness bereavement financial constraints children and families often get overlooked but this pandemic has eaten into their fleeting childhood years and it has caused severe disruptions in their lives Dr. Amit Sen, India's leading child and adolescent psychiatrist, talks about the collateral damage in children, on what the signs are to look out for that the child may be struggling with difficult emotions, and how to provide them with coping skills. So, indeed, it's been very hard on them, and different groups of children have, I mean, broadly speaking, responded in different ways. So, in the younger children, we often find that. they respond through their behaviors they they often show their anguish through their behaviors and in the right in the beginning if you remember uh, when the first lockdown came there was a lot of euphoria because you know children were happy that they didn't have to go to school had both parents at home there was a lot of bonding time and fun times etc but within 2 to 4 weeks time everything was going out of the window sleep cycles started going awry little kids even started sleeping at 12 and then 2 and sometimes they wouldn't get to sleep for the night uh they started losing their appetite and started demanding junk food and only junk food then the mood swings started and the opposition behaviors the temper tantrums mood swings all of that started uh, uh you know showing up and of course uh, the littler ones particularly when they became extremely upset and disturbed they started having all kinds of physical symptoms like stomach ache vomiting so uh you know once these problems started occurring the behavioral problems in the little ones the younger children they were often dealt with with discipline because you know they were seen as bad behaviors and that actually became counterproductive because essentially the uh, underneath all the behaviors was a uh, you know deep seated fears and anxieties and a f- sense of loneliness having missed out on so many things they would have otherwise done or looked forward to doing and the impact of that was showing in terms of behaviors which i think most parents and adults and even teachers responded to trying to you know get a semblance of um structure and routine back sometimes they were kids were admonished they were scolded for their behaviors and so on and you know in their own anxieties parents often uh, started you know uh, uh, because often times when you are yourself uns- uncertain about things when things are in chaos in the world around you you want to calm down and take control isn't it yeah and that's what many parents with good intention try to do and that actually became counterproductive because they pushed their children further away indeed uh, we often say that in india we talk at children we don't talk to children right and and we often are 
making boundaries for them, telling them what to do and what not to do, the good and bad, uh, you know, catastrophizing for them. If they did not do this, you know, life is going to be very bad after a few years and so on. So that's the kind of relationship we often have and the relationship of a guardian, a, a custodian rather, and children who need look, looking after is very good. But just as the ch children are beginning to become adolescents and adults and develop their own voice, I think as a community, we fail to listen to those voices, right? And I think that's what is beginning to grate in today's climate because, you know, we underestimate how much the daily routines and waking up in the morning, going to school, coming back, doing your homework, going, going out to play with friends in the park. All of that has such a, you know, an ability to hold young people. You know, it gives them a sense of predictability and uh, stability. And all that went out, right? So there was a lot of frustration and helplessness as a result. Then the institutional breakdown or institutions like schools, colleges, transport, hospitals, all of that broke down. And there's other spaces that young people thrive in, like, like uh, going for football coaching or going for a guitar class, all those broke down as well. So, uh, you know, what may, gives them a sense of identity of who they are and what they're seeking and striving to do, they went away too. So that brought a, a huge amount of uh, hopelessness and, and despair and also a feeling of being let down by the world around them, you know. Psychologically speaking, over the coming years, like at least a couple of years, what kind of impact do you see this ha ha having on children? So in the beginning, this is a, a, a situation of what I would say is a natural and man-made disaster. It's it's like a huge tsunami or an earthquake, but an earthquake or a tsunami is in a specific area and is also time-bound. It happens and it goes away. It leaves you with a you know a range of death and destruction, but it gives you a chance to rebuild. But here it's never ending. It, it, every time you try to raise your head, it comes and knocks you down. So it's a disaster. It's a global disaster. So it's traumatic. In that sense, right? And when trauma occurs, then there are many responses that, you know, or everybody does, but the people which it affects the most are young people. And so in the beginning, there, there may be a sense of complete paralysis, you know, it's being in a daze. And then it could give rise to a lot of restlessness, anxiety, fear, where they can't settle. They can't focus on anything for too long, you know, and eventually there's despair, of course, you know, and when there's despair, there could be huge emotional anger outbursts, interpersonal conflicts. And things going, things going completely out of control. So that's a immediate aftermath. And soon afterwards, you know, within weeks and months, you begin to see increasing uh, symptoms of depression, of anxiety, of substance misuse, and uh, and also suicidal behaviors. Unfortunately, there's been very, very tragic consequences of it. And indeed, by the time it was October, November last year, do you know, WHO had already begun to study the phenomena in young people you know, uh, adolescents, young adults across the world. So in, uh, multi-center studies across the world. And they found there was a five-fold increase in the reporting of symptoms of anxiety, depression, five-fold, mind you, right? So that's about, so earlier on, there were 15, 20% of, of young people who would report symptoms of anxiety, depression. Now that would amount to 50 to 75%. That's a huge number of, you know, more than two-thirds, perhaps, who were suffering from all kinds of, um, you know, mental health, or symptoms of mental illnesses, marked increase in substance misuse and in deliberate self-harm, and some of them, you know, very tragically ending in death and suicide. Trauma of this nature happens. And if we do not do much about it, if we do not take preventive steps, then the aftermath of this, again, and this is the third thing that happens. So the immediate effect of trauma is what we discussed. The secondary phase when the anxiety, depression, and other 
damaging behaviors begin to surface. And then after that, you know, trauma can leave its impact for years and generations to come. And we know that, you know, from other major calamities or uh, man-made calamities or natural calamities that happened uh, with us, you know, during the you know big wars, the Second World War, uh, the partition, for instance, we are still, um, you know, reeling with, uh, I mean, and the families who went through that still hold on to the trauma and it is just passed from one generation to the other. And that is the biggest danger that we're facing right now. If you do not do anything about it, anything proactive, then chances are that many of these children who have been through uh, these traumatic experiences will uh, begin to have all kinds of mental health, relational uh, difficulties, uh, difficulties with forming trust uh, and, uh, and, and a sense of self uh, or even have empathy for uh, human suffering. Because, you know, uh, like I said, the numbing happens now and the num numbing can happen later if the stress doesn't go away, if the trauma doesn't go away, right? So there are many things one can do right now to be able to, uh, you know, curb this. So the first thing I think that we could uh, uh, talk about is uh, building an emotionally safe space, an emotionally safe space within families. And by that, I mean spaces where children are allowed to feel safe enough to be able to talk about their inner world, their feelings, their turmoil that they're going through, the conflict, the anger, frustration, equally the hopelessness and helplessness. And for that to happen, adults need to listen, listen with their ears, their eyes and their hearts and not immediately jump to conclusions and uh, jump to give solutions. Many times children are not seeking solutions. They just want to be heard. They want to be understood. And many children will turn around and say that, you know, with, where they have the comfort level with the parents, they will say, stop, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I, you know, I'll figure it out. Just listen to me and understand what I'm going through, you know. And that's the most important thing, to create those spaces within families where uh, kids can talk, kids can express themselves in various forms. The younger kids may not be able to articulate it through language, but they could do it through their drawings, their music, and sometimes, of course, their behaviors, you know, and some of the behaviors that we talked about earlier are expressions of their inner world, isn't it? Yeah. And to be able to step back and say, this is not just bad behavior. It means my child is really suffering and I need to look into that. That's also a kind of listening, isn't it? It's it's taking in with and, and being there for the child with compassion. And also articulating very clearly that indeed these are difficult times and we understand that you are going through a very, very, um, you know, time full of conflicts and, and turmoil within. And so are we, you know, and this is what we are doing. So as parents, being able to share some of their own experiences, not break down in front of your children because, you know, they want to see you as being stoic and as being in control. So, but definitely partly, uh, at least be honest about, you know, what, our lived experience is as, as adults, as parents even, right? And then, of course, to create a collaborative kind of a, a structure at home where the parents don't always talk down to the children and instruct them what to do, because that, again, is very clearly not working in these circumstances. So it's important, again, after the you know safe space to be able to talk about you know, what they see as priorities. So children might demand certain things and say that this is what we want or this is what I'm missing. Then parents can also say that, yes, I've heard you out and I understand your pain, but this is how I see it. This is what will happen if we do not these things. Can we have a collaborative approach and join it together and see what we can do together? So if you're able to take a collaborative approach, then uh, that, you know, it's, it's an approach that we say you, me, and we. So let's hear what you are saying. 
then you listen to what I have to say and let's do things together. It'll be a we effort, yeah? So uh, that often helps in, in creating bridges, right? And again, respect for what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and also about the personal spaces. Many times children will say, I want to do it this way and I'm going to withdraw into my room and I'm going to practice my guitar, I'm going to do my art, I'm going to connect with my friends and please don't disturb me. It's important to give them that space. And the more you do it, with give them the freedom, you know, with trust and with uh, with respect, the more they actually come out and want to interact with the parents. The more they feel respected and heard and listened to, the more they will actually come out of their rooms and want to interact with the parents. Like Sunali Gupta, who advocates hope scrolling to build up resilience, Dr. Sen to suggest that families as a whole take worry breaks. And this is how it could be done, he says. So the yes. second thing is to, uh, as I say, to stem the worry virus. So there's a physical virus which is infecting us, but there is also a massive worry virus which is entering our homes, like how? And that is creating havoc with our minds and our emotions, isn't it, right? So, and, you know, right from the morning you wake up and you, you know, open the newspaper, open a TV channel, look at your phone for WhatsApp messages, everything, about, you know, that you see out there is about COVID, about, it's about deaths, it's about the spreading of the disease, it's about horror stories of what's happening out there in, in the world around us, you know, how the state is unable to cope with this and not being able to support us. Fear. Uh, abandoned. It's almost like that, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the kind of stories you see from morning till evening, isn't it? Now, how do you how do you stem that? What do you do with it? Because if you are exposed to it twenty four seven, it invariably will have a very deep impact on your on your psyche, isn't it? So, uh, one of the things I suggest, and in fact, uh, many young people and families find it very useful, is what we call worry breaks. So, take worry breaks, which means you know a lot certain times. So, you wake up in the morning, and if if the first thing you need to do is look at the news, by all means do, look at the WhatsApp messages, see how family and friends are doing, devote some time to it, right? Now you can do it as an individual. So young people can do it as, because, you know, by the time they're teenagers, they have huge access to all kinds of, you know, material in, on the net, isn't it? So, so they could, you know, a lot time individually and sometime, at least once in a day, have some time together as a family and sit down and discuss what's the latest research, what's happening outside, what can, what can we do as a family to keep ourselves safe, but do it only during those allotted times. So suppose you have half an hour to 45 minutes or even an hour, three times in a day, stick to it. And if there are other thoughts or messages that crop up in between, you have to tell yourself, not now, during the next break. It's two o'clock in the afternoon or it's 6 p.m. at night. And that's when we will sit down. And uh, you, you know what you're suggesting? A lot of parents don't even have the wherewithal or the understanding about what you're suggesting. And I know that you're doing some terrific work with your organization. You have this, uh, you have this vehicle, Rahat. Can you talk a little bit about that yes. and what is the work that you're doing under the AG of Rahat? So, you know, Rahat had two phases. We did Rahat uh, in the first phase um, between the months of May to August, or spilled over to September, where we opened up free services for young adults from 18 to 25 who were stranded in some parts of the country or the world away from family. So they were isolated. They had this huge sense of loneliness and being cut off from everything that was comforting. Yeah, they had no access to it. And for those two, three months, if you remember, there was no travel that was allowed, isn't it? Yeah. So we opened up these services for them and we saw hundreds of young people reaching out to us for that. Right. Those, uh, again, those were six very focused sessions, six sessions of therapy that was offered to each uh, 
uh, young person who reached out and and we had uh, i think the majority of them very good uh, uh, very good results some of them who were at a high risk were taken on for longer term work right this time we are doing it differently because the numbers have increased uh, uh, you know uh, markedly right and so this time on the rahat program is to do with uh, support work so we are actually again it's a free service especially for people who cannot afford it and uh, we are actually opening it up again in three categories so it is for children who are between the ages of 15 to 17 who can access it or young adults who are from between the ages of 18 to 25 or parents of children who are 14 or younger and particularly those who have got directly affected through death or loss or any kind of mental health difficulties those are the families that we are inviting to come for a maximum of 3 supportive sessions and these are audio sessions as opposed to a proper online therapy session uh, um, as opposed to a video session yeah it is uh, an all india service and i said it uh, the service is open to adolescents between 15 to 17 for young people you know in the ages of 18 to 25 and for parents of children uh, who where the children are 14 or less right and uh, we are contactable in this number from across uh, the country so it's a it's a nationwide service uh, the number is 96500447474 i'll repeat that 96 5004474 and the email id that we are reachable at is rahat spelled r a h a t at childrenfirstindia.com children first india being one word so children as is spelled in children first as in f i r s t india all one word.com one last thing i want to talk about which helps young people to heal and that is a a position of altruism right now you know we often feel that when there's a crisis adults should take over isn't it we think that we should be the guardians and we should look after our children because they're in trouble they're in distress but you'll be surprised at the number of young people who are coming out to help their own peers and coming out with fantastic ideas they're forming collectives and if young people you know are Uh, allowed to get into the position where they participate in the planning and in in building rebuilding communities again in helping each other you know helping the family in different ways then they also feel empowered they get a sense of agency and that is a big thing in helping them to heal indeed there is very um, uh, you know categorical uh, and robust evidence that uh, during you know natural disasters Uh, particularly with young people if they are given a role an altruistic role where they go out and help others and they take on that responsibility it not only helps others but it helps them to heal as well those mm. kids who were given those roles do much better later because they have a sense of agency despite the kind of difficulties we are facing isn't it it gives them you know brings the courage back so to say right that yes it is difficult but it's a passing phase and we can do something about it that sense of of uh, being a part of a collective and mm-hmm. having agency in what's happening out there is vital in the process of healing and regain regaining the sense of self that often we lose in times like these today's episode was produced by Joshua Thomas and Jairad Singh for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us We are available on TUI Plus, 
Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.